What's up, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Welcome to Momhood. We are so happy that you're here. Um, today is a really eye-opening, information-packed episode. Mind-blown, valuable episode. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like the sexiest, but no. man, is it good. Yeah. And there's some money to be had, people. Yeah, literally. This is <laughs> money, money. So basically, we have on today an amazing person, Liz Jacobs. She's Liz Jacobs of HR Culture Geek. She's been a HR rep for 15 years. And basically, the conversation that we had with her, we went almost chronologically through the experience of a mom. So you find out you're pregnant. What should the conversation look like with your employer? What are Mm -hmm. your rights? What can you negotiate right off the top to make sure that you have the best possible situation? What money are you entitled to? What kind of role does your employer have? What kind of power do they have when you get back from maternity leave? Yeah. So then we talk about actual maternity leave and what the rights are based off the state that you live in. So many of these things I did not know. And I just thought that I wasn't entitled to anything. It was incredibly frustrating to learn all this info after the fact. And then we move even into... Also, for the moms that are listening that haven't been in the workplace for six, seven years because you've been raising your little ones, we also talked to her about how do you jump back into having a career? What do you do? What should your resume look like? How do you network, which is a word that she doesn't like, but we'll get into it. Yeah, and also negotiating, which is probably, this is going to be something that's valuable to a lot of you right now, negotiating a flexible work schedule or even a part-time from home. How do you communicate that to your employer and how should you actually present it to them to get them to say yes? Oh my goodness. We learned so much in this episode. You guys are going to find so much value in it. Yep. You ready? Let's do it. You say momhood? Momhood. (gasps) (laughs) Funny. Okay, so Liz, I need you first to share with Brandy what you called me about, like whatever it was, like four days ago or something. Yeah, so I'm listening to Brandy's, you know, tell-all podcast, and she goes into into the back race, and at first I'm like, oh my god, we're going to be fast friends, you know, because I had a back race in middle school. Yes. Um, And so, and then I hear you say, oh, you know, was it like this, because I had a friend, and I was like, shut up, I think she's talking about me. So I called you immediately, and I'm like... Tell me you're talking about me right now. Like, am I the friend? Am I the friend? Am I the friend? Like, do you remember that? Because it was a long time ago. Yeah, but I remember it so vividly. And it was, so we went to middle school and high school together, Liz and I. And I remember it so specifically. And that's what, as soon as Brandy started talking about it, I mean, I had a visual, like nobody's (laughs) business. And I, when I told you on the phone, I was like, like, wasn't it like a cloudy plastic? (laughs) Like, it was hard, but it wasn't like a shiny plastic. It was like matte and kind of cloudy. And I remember the straps on it, like the whole. The thing. loud Velcro. Oh, yes. And I then, would change out in PE, and it's like everyone knows that, like, I'm getting dressed or I'm getting undressed because you have to, like, unwrap yourself. Oh, yeah. It was... But she's so uh, sweet. She, Orly wanted to make sure. She's like, well, I don't remember you getting teased. Did that happen? Yeah. And, no, I think um, our PE teacher, I got to change in a separate area. Oh, you're so lucky. And yeah. so no no one really ever knew. Occasionally, mm-hmm. somebody would, you know, like, poke me or something, and everyone just thought I had rock or hard abs. <laughs> In middle school. Stop yes, it. That's, that's you what... also didn't have to wear yours in high school. That's true. So I, I think I must have just told my mom, I'm cured. Like, I'm playing basketball now. We're yeah. done. Wait, you told your mom. <laughs> I, I, I don't recall wearing in high school. So I think I got super into sports at that my point. My car stopped. Mom, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. I like walked in like all straight and was like, I'm good. Like, look. Of course, now, like, I, I still sleep. Yeah, we all do. We, we all, all do. Know. It's awful. No, it was so good. I just felt like we had to start there because it was such a funny. We what are, are the fast chances? Yeah. Simply because of that similarity. There's a connection. It. Exactly. It's probably like yes. one of five of us in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's. I, I would love to start real quick with you. Just explain to everybody listening what you do. Right. So I am a human resources director. I have been in human resources for the last 15 years, specifically in hospitality. Okay. So it really started really from a love of travel and hotels and being in the hospitality world. I went to school for that at UNLV in in Las Vegas. Um, And my junior year, I took a human resources class and just fell in love with human resources. Really? And didn't want to leave the hospitality sector. um, And I just can't imagine doing it in any other industry. But yeah, HR to me was just, um, it was a puzzle. It was a way to help people be of service, 
all behind the scenes because I, I rarely interact with guests or customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I deal with my employees and it was this puzzle piece of how can I impact an employee's daily life so cool. that they impact a guest experience. And so for the last 15 years, that's what I've lived and, and breathed it. And I, I just can't imagine doing anything else. That's yeah. so cool that you knew that then. I mean, yeah, it takes people years to even know what they want to do. But that's then true. To work in hospitality. So, what were you doing? Were you a buster? Were you working in events? Never, none of the above. So, I, I literally, um, I had my, my, I, I've had like five jobs in my life. So, first job, I was working um, in the Celine Dion store in Las <gasps> Vegas. Stop it! No. Nope. Oh my god, that's I, the funniest. What thing did you I've, buy there? Like Celine Dion mugs? You know, thirty-two dollar <laughs> mugs. Uh, <laughs> what you couldn't buy. So you're in retail, I'm in, but through hospitality. Right, and I got that job through a mentorship program. You need hospitality hours to graduate from a oh. hotel school. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was in school full time. I was. I sort of had a mandate from my parents not to work because they wanted me to focus on school. But That's I needed lucky. the hospitality hours, so right. I would work from 6 p.m. to midnight in the Celine Dion <gasps> store, and it was the it was her first show at the time, and uh, selling $32 mugs to <laughs> Uber Celine fans. Stop it! And of course, never uh, selling a CD of the show because she didn't have it at the time. So. The majority of my shift consisted of people asking if they could buy what they just heard and me saying, no, you cannot. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I worked there retail, and then I parlayed that into another retail job at Banana Republic because the discount was awesome. It was 50% or <laughs> <laughs> 50% off. I feel like um, I like your priorities. Is that on top of the 30% off that they already always have? Yes, basically, <laughs> right? They do. <laughs> They're like the king of sales. Um, yeah, so I worked there for a little bit in stock. Um and then when I took the HR course, I was like, I've got to, I've got to figure out if I like this. You know, textbook yeah. is great, but do I really like that? Mm-hmm. And I searched for mm-hmm. any job in Las Vegas at the time in human resources, and the only job I could find was a part-time file clerk at the Four Seasons in Las Vegas. And I worked from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. after everyone had left. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of their largest properties. Yeah. Uh, so they had 750 employees, and I filed from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. because they were back- backlogged. And eventually, after six months, they realized, you know, that I had some value, and I moved into the day and worked there for three and a half years. And when you were working there, was that within HR as well, or you were still doing... Just HR. Just HR. I have literally... That's the only job (laughs) I've ever known is HR in a hotel. So you know it in and out, which is the reason why everything we're about to talk about is so... There's so much info, because yeah, you live and breathe it, and it's... You know it, you know it. This you know. makes sense why your site is HR Culture Geek. I really yeah. am, I am a full-blown geek when it comes to this topic, yes. So actually, we'll, let's let's use that right now. Will you explain why you created HR Culture Geek? Because this is something new that you're doing and it has a really, like a super specific purpose. Yeah, so I created HR Culture Geek a couple months ago, really born out of this question that I would constantly get asked from friends, family, strangers. As soon as they would find out I was in human resources, it would be, insert here, hey, you're an HR, dot, dot, dot. Yep. And it would be, can you tell me about my resume? Can you give me interview tips? I got an offer letter. Can I go back and counter offer? Yep. All sorts of things. And I love helping people. It's why I'm in human resources. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be able to help more people. Yeah. Um, and it was really out of this firstborn idea of I would go to universities and colleges and talk to students about their resume mm-hmm. and interview tips and kind of give them an insider peek into that world. Yeah. And I wanted to reach more people. And the reality is I'm I'm limited into who I can reach in my job because there's only so many employees and there's only so many people. Yeah. And I'm also limited on the recruitment front. Once you engage and you're a candidate with me, I, I can't really give you my candid experience, you know, my yeah. insight into what's wrong with your resume or why you didn't get the job. You're already, we're already locked into a relationship that I can't sort of break. That's one thing that when you shared that with me, I thought that was one of the most fascinating things was the idea that people are coming in making mistakes left and right that they don't know are mistakes that are getting in the way of them getting the job they want or the salary they want. You can't give them that heads up because yeah, you've engaged in a certain type of relationship and it's, you know, it's not, you can't break out of those boundaries now and give them the info so they're armed with it. So by doing it now, it's like you can catch everybody before they make the mistakes. Um, And so there's so, yeah, I mean, I just think that's such a, a cool reason to start something because it was like, I'm trying to help you people, damn it. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, I just want to help. And 
you know, I, I, I don't, I didn't know how to do that. And so a friend of mine was like, well, you should just create some courses. And, yeah. and I was like, courses, I'm not, a, I'm not a teacher. I'm not an accredited yeah. teacher. And they're like, yes, you are. You've been doing this for 15 years. So it was yeah. kind of this aha moment a couple months ago. Amazing. Okay. So let's get started. Yeah. So we're excited because, you know, a lot of my friends are entering back into the workforce. Their kids are like, mm-hmm. you know, oh wait, no, we don't want to talk about that yet. That's okay. We're going to, li- we'll save it for later. Let's start off here. Let's start that over. Um, okay, so let's talk about when you find out you're pregnant, right? Do you have an obligation to tell your boss? Do you have to tell HR first? Let's start there. Yeah, uh, there's really no obligation um, in terms of that. It's really going to be about comfort level and how comfortable you are with your boss and how comfortable are you are with HR. Okay. Um, I think it's always my advice that the sooner the better. And why um, is that? I think it's really a, a personal thing. You're going through a lot of changes physically, mm-hmm. um, emotionally. And if you can sort of remove one piece of stress off your plate um, and worrying about, oh my God, am I showing today? Or I'm, I have right. morning sickness and I'm late to this meeting and everyone's asking why. So as long as you're comfortable and you have a good relationship, you know, build trust there with your boss and your HR representative, the sooner the better. Um, especially because on the pregnancy, uh, you know, rights or, you know, Mm -hmm. leave, uh, uh, scenario, things are covered that probably most women don't know about. So yeah. Can you explain that? Yeah. Morning sickness is, is a, is a disability, um, related to pregnancy. Um, God forbid you would have a miscarriage that would be covered. So the leave and time needed to, you know, medically handle that, but also emotionally handle that, that would be covered. So the sooner you tell your employer, the more, I think, first and foremost, kind of stress you have relieved off your plate, um, and the more you are aware about the protections that you have. I think what's also weird is that if you don't want to tell your employer, maybe you are comfortable, but you haven't even told your close friends and family, how do you suggest someone tell their employer when their friends and family don't even know yet? Yeah, and again, I think you know a lot of women are going to wait for the, after the first trimester, right? right? So, um, and I think that that's a perfectly fine time. That that's that's pretty soon and early on, um, you know. So I think it's just about how much you want to share, mm-hmm. um, and, and again, your personal situation. But you don't have to. Is what you're saying? You do not have to. There's no, no rules in there. There's no rules, and and when you have to do that, it really be come down to how soon you want to share so that you can get as much out of the protections and, and, and peace of mind. Okay, so speaking of those protections, are those only for places when you work at like a highly corporate environment where you are getting health insurance through your company? What if you're like a freelancer, like someone like me, I work on a TV show, I'm a freelancer. Right. Am I able to ask for those, but it's not on their dime, but I'm still able to give myself the time off if needed? Right, so a few things, and we're gonna kind of focus on California because that's my area of expertise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, you know, there's protections throughout the United States um, at the federal level that are pretty bare minimum. Mm-hmm. And then there's places like California and there's some other states, Oregon, New Jersey, that have additional protections. But California is the end-all be-all when it comes to pregnancy protection. Um, we have the most here. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to answer your question, there are layers to it. And there's okay. essentially four different leaves uh, that protect a woman uh, for pregnancy. And to your question, you know, freelancing or a small business, uh, as little as five employees would cover you under the California Pregnancy Disability Leave Act. Whoa. So five employees immediately upon hire. Shut your face. Yep. Wow. Immediately upon hire. I'm so mad I didn't so know any of this. if you're pregnant, you interview for the job, you get the job... You don't have to disclose this before you get hired, but once you get hired, all of that is covered. That 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 first layer of protection uh-huh. is the Pregnancy Disability Leave Act, or PDL. We'll we'll cut a uh, acronym. It, acronym. It. Is that a, is that a yeah, verb? it's a verb. It's a verb. Is it, it is we now. turned it into a verb. <laughs> Excellent. There's so many verbs in HR uh, or acronyms, I should say. Uh, so yeah, five or more covers you, and then you have layers on top of that. And recently, California put into place uh, the California Parental Leave Act which is sort of the second step of, of pregnancy, and that's the baby bonding, and that's 20 or more employees. Okay, and that's for men and women. Correct, yes. But isn't it true that that only applies if you've used your vacation, you've used your like PTO, you've used everything, and then that's kind of like oh. what's remaining? 
Uh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. So okay. under um, a, a number of these leaves, uh, sometimes it's required to use vacation ahead of time. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's not. Um, and it's also company specific oftentimes as well. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's paid sick leave, which is a California uh, law as well. And so um, those run, and what you'll find is that these leaves run concurrently, meaning they interact with each other and work together. Okay. So super complex, you know, topic, obviously. Yeah. And I think that's one of the first things that women should know is that it is complex. So if you're scratching your head or you're worrying about, you're not alone. Like it is complex, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, positively it's complex because there's so many layers and there's so many protections. And it means there's options. And yes, that's why you're saying if you feel comfortable, talk to HR because you have no idea all of these amazing absolutely, benefits that absolutely. you can take advantage of. Yeah, and, and there's places you can research it. There's obviously government sites where you can get it. So arm yourself with a little bit of information. But yeah, talk to HR as soon as possible to find out exactly what it is that you're entitled to. And Is and HR always willing to disclose exactly those benefits? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. HR's role should be to protect to advocate the, for to the advocate employees. for the employees and to protect the company's interests. It would be in the company's interest to not get sued mm-hmm. right from a pregnant woman who didn't get her protection. So absolutely HR's role. Like that's where the, the fear lies, right? hundred percent. You it's, know it's like what you were saying earlier, Liz, you were talking about people feel like HR is like the principal's office. So can you yeah. explain that a little bit? Because I think that it helps arm us with a better mindset going in. Yeah, we have a bad rap in HR. Um, <laughs> I have to have a, a healthy supply of candy in my office to <laughs> combat this. But yeah, I think unfortunately HR has looked at a place of, you know, discipline and it's, oh, it's where you go to get terminated. Mm-hmm. And, and that's simply not, you know, the full truth. Um, yes, it, that does happen, but that is a fraction of, of the job, right? So HR should and and is a partnership it's it's a resource it's a support um and so that's why you know in terms of pregnancy you should be going to your hr person as soon as possible to be able to get all that information and i know you know in all the jobs i've had i'm first and foremost super excited because i'm I'm a mother myself and what an amazing time and i know from you know for me i just want to put mothers at ease to say this is the last thing you should be worrying about and you know in terms of the forms you have to fill out and all this is the last thing you should worry about your job is protected here it is it laid out you just go worry about you know enjoying this pregnancy being a mom yeah Mm -hmm. all that stuff so I think you know hopefully you feel comfortable doing that in workplaces and you have that HR trust. Um, but that's absolutely what HR should be doing. Let's go back to you saying that if you're late because of morning sickness, that's actually part of a disability. That's protected. That's protected time. And, um, like protected, meaning they can't fire, fire you for that reason or protected in a different way. Both. It can't fire you. Can't discipline you. Um, now you still have to do the thing, right? You still have to be an employee and, but, but, uh, you know, as soon as you designate that that's the reason why, that, that becomes protected. Um, and that becomes part of your leave, actually. And the leave, many women just think three months. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone has in their mind. Mm-hmm. For one, it's longer than that, or it can be. And two, it can be intermittent. So it could be two hours in the morning when you have morning sickness. And is that just in California? Uh, for some of the leaves. On the... F- State, you know, federal mm-hmm. level, U.S. of A, um, you have a Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA, and that also can be intermittent. So FMLA leave does not have to be the full 12 weeks at a time. It could be two weeks here. It could be a day here. There are many disabilities or conditions that wouldn't require you to be out for full three months. I have a doctor's appointment every Friday, I, that's what I need for whatever medical yeah. condition. Mm-hmm. That That's part of a leave. I remember learning this in My Mommy and Me with Millie um, from a girlfriend of mine that she spaced it out. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever heard yeah. that. I thought yep. you had to take three months. She's like, no, because I felt better after a certain amount of weeks. I had a project I'd been busting my butt at while I was pregnant, so I went back to work. Absolutely. Then I worked from home. Then I spaced it out. I mean... And it was brilliant. And it was because she actually knew her rights. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I find. That's what it's so interesting to me is like, I've always worked in an environment that I felt like was very untraditional. So whether I was a bartender and, you know, we had no HR and we had no real, like I got no health insurance there. I was making tips and I work in entertainment and I have no, I'm officially, I'm, I, you know, like bill as a company. So I'm not even an employee of the show. So I've never had 
an understanding of what my rights are, even like you're saying on the federal or state level, that's not specific to my employer. Yeah. So even though I don't have an HR, I still have these rights. To me, that's, I feel like such a fool. Like I literally knew none that any of this existed. I just thought that I was on my own. Mm-hmm. And also I thought that even worse, I thought that by sharing anything, something like morning sickness or just the, you know, that in that beginning when you feel like you got hit by a truck, you're so exhausted, whatever that is, that I would be subconsciously punished for that because, you know, it would be so much easier if we had a male employee here because we wanted to deal with that. But so like you- I withheld it. But I, I mean, just to echo what you're saying, I did the same thing and I think it's natural. Like it's natural to be like, I can still do this. I don't want to be viewed that this is a hindrance, this is a disability, especially when you're a first time mom and you don't understand, like you're such a badass. No one cares about that. I hid those things too, because you don't want to be viewed any differently. Um, And you don't even want to say some of those things that you're late because of, you know, morning sickness. It's no one's business, but you also don't want them to think about that. I want you to think about my work. What I produce, what I do, right? The oh, that's such a good topic, giving, I, right? I, I've been having this in my mind for a couple of days now. I think we've been trained that way. We've been yeah. trained to be like, "I'm a work robot. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna machine." Right, but that's that's not the workplace, mm-hmm. and it really never has been. Actually, it's just sort of what we've been taught. Um, but humans want to work with humans. Mm-hmm. Human, yeah. you know, people want wow, to work powerful. with people, and you don't, you know, you don't know a person until you share something about yourself or. They share something with you and you want to work with coworkers that you like, you know, people get promoted that do the job, but also are part of the culture that are likable and you you want to work with, you want to work with, and you can't do that unless you share parts about yourself. Now, you know, filter that out, however it feels comfortable for you. Don't, you know, air out all your dirty laundry, but you want to be sharing your authentic self. And if your authentic self is pregnant, <laughs> then, you know, that's what you want to bring to the table. I love that. That's I just so think interesting. That unless the person's a parent, you would think that they don't know, really know how to relate, right? And that, yeah, and I think it certainly makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but you won't know that until you share it yourself. And sometimes, you know, when you yeah. share that I'm a parent or I'm, a, I'm about to be a parent, oh, that's so exciting. I remember, oh, I didn't even know you had kids, you know, boss, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So right. I think it's a matter of just, you know, having some, building some trust, having some comfortability and having those conversations. Cause you'd be surprised how many people, people... would just be so lucky to have her as the human Seriously. resources person. Well, I just keep going I come back in for the to... candy and the convo. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, you know, HR culture geek. There's so much power in culture because everything you're saying is so dependent on the culture of the work environment. Absolutely. That is true. Um, And and I'm obviously painting somewhat of a a rosy or a nice Mm -hmm. picture, but... Mm -hmm. Um, yes, you are going to have to make some decisions about what your, what your workplace culture looks like and what that means in terms of your comfortability. But, um, really in all places though, HR is, is an advocate. It's a, it's a place to go to for support and to advocate, you know, and to advocate on your behalf or with you. Um, so now I actually have a question from an employer standpoint. I'm sure we have people listening who are entrepreneurs who maybe run a business, run a, a boutique or a bake shop or have an online business or have 10 employees, whatever it is. I understand, obviously, the benefits to their employees need to be the same. So they are in a position where they need to cover these things for their employees when their employees are pregnant, even if they might need to potentially hire someone to pick up the slack. They now, it's a a bad, I don't want to use the word, but like the burden is on them to... Yeah. support the person who's pregnant who can't fulfill the job fully or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I do think that's interesting is like, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that aren't these big, huge businesses, but are like, just like you're saying five employees, right? And one, you know, run, run a blog out, yeah, with five yeah. employees who help them run that business or whatever. Yeah. And I think again, that's why going to your boss or your HR person, sooner the better, cause they have to plan for that too. So yeah. it would take some stress off of you to know, cause a lot of women have this, Oh, well, I can't possibly be away from work. The, the place is going to implode without yes, me. Yes, of course. We all think that. <laughs> um, and so, it, it, you know, it would benefit both sides to feel like, okay, I'm telling them up front, look, they're making a plan. I don't have to worry about maybe checking my email as much while I'm out or whatever right. it might be. And then the employer feels better about, hey, I got a plan going. You know, great. You do you. Super excited yes. about the baby. But I, I have a business to run here. Yep. Um, so yeah, that again, that's just why the two-way communication as soon as possible, mm-hmm. I think is really the best the best approach. Can you ask for it to be kept? I was just going to say in confidence. In confidence with just HR. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the only time it's going to have to eventually be shown to your immediate boss is when, you know, your, your work is affected. Mm-hmm. You know, you're having to take off time or coming in late or whatever. But no, in the interim, it can absolutely be kept with an HR. 
Cool. So okay. you can and, tell and, HR first and, and then should, maybe a supervisor and then your manager. And you should stuff. make that known. You should make that known to HR. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when people speak to me, I make it very clear about what I can keep to myself and mm-hmm. what I can't. Um, but yeah. You should advocate for yourself and say, hey, I'm telling you, but I would really appreciate to keep this between us for now. You know, and I, I, I often ask employees, you know, would you like to tell you know, so-and-so your boss, or do you want me to do that? And then have that dialogue, but you should be advocating for yourself to do that as well. Amazing. Okay. So let's move on to, you are pregnant. You have the, you know, the flexibility that you're being given a little bit of understanding, all the different protections that you have. You have the baby. Yes. Now you're on maternity leave. And I want to just also, I want to, it's super complex, but I do want to make it kind of as simple as I can. When you're talking about the leave and what's covered, you're really talking about two branches, the disability portion of pregnancy and then the baby bonding. Mm-hmm. And that's really specific to California or states that have it. Yeah. Um, it's not just about, oh, I'm, I'm physically not able to work, right? That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it becomes, okay, I am physically able to work, but I have a little, little guy or a little girl yeah. at home that I want to yeah. bond with. And California provides you with the time to do that. And to your point, Brandy, mm-hmm. that can be broken up. And most women don't know that, um, but that can be broken up. You can take, you know, the first six weeks of the 12 that you have when the baby is first born for Mm -hmm. those first month or two, and then take the other six weeks before the the child turns one. So you have 12 weeks of job protected leave to bond with your child in the first year of their life. That's incredible. That's what my friend Christy did. That's who amazing. To the pod. And, and for, for is... both parents, right? Yeah. Um, there is a caveat that if both parents happen to work at the same employer, there's a, there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. Okay. It's not as much. Mm-hmm. There's a shared kind of time, um, but that's rare. Um, so for both parental units, you get both 12 weeks. So you can really And you don't have out. to know those dates ahead of time. No. You don't have to anticipate when you're going to use them. No. No, it yeah. would just be a good idea, for again, for your own sort of peace of mind to kind of get it off your plate as well as your employer to say, hey, I intend to take the first six weeks, you know, when the baby is first born, and then I'm planning on taking the other half of it or another portion of it later. And when we talk about leave, it just means that you're able to take the time off without losing your job. There's no pay. There's no, it's just, Ex- you will have, your job will be here when you get back. Excellent question. So these things, again, work in two prongs. Mm-hmm. You have the protected leave aspect, and then you have how you're going to get paid for it. And in the great state of California, there is ways to get paid for it. What? Um, and you should also take so a So mad look. right I now. I didn't, I didn't do know anything. either. Yeah. You should also take... And, and your employer might also have additional protections on the leave side or the payment side as well. Okay. But yeah, so in the state of California, you can get paid for the disability portion. Now, albeit it's, it's not your full wage, but mm-hmm. it's a wage supplement. And then you could also get paid um, within that 12 weeks of baby bonding, you can get paid... Currently, right now in 2019, for six weeks of that, it's called paid family leave. Um, And in 2020, it increases to eight weeks, I believe. But can you only take advantage of that if you've already used your other leave benefits? Uh, I'm not sure I understand. So so maybe this is getting into um, paternal leave. So for the dad to get leave. So I I was under the understanding that you have to use... Whatever leave you have, you have to max all of that out in order to take advantage of these benefits. So if Meaning you have, like your vacation? If you, yeah, if you have vacation, if you have um, sick, days. sick days, if you have floating holidays, all of those things. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, that's going to be a company-specific thing. So some, empl- specific. some employers okay. will require you to exhaust your sick pay, PTO, vacation, whatever they call it, mm-hmm. before you take the leave. Um, some won't. Um, but either way, again, mm-hmm. on the leave part of it, the time starts counting even if you're getting paid vacation. So let's say you're taking uh, a few weeks off uh-huh. uh, for uh, the disability portion, right? You can still get paid vacation, but the, the leave counting time mm-hmm. is, is ticking. Okay. Yes. Okay. And that's what I meant earlier by, by saying concurrently or that yeah. the, the leaves weave in together. And so by way of example... When you first go out on uh, pregnancy disability leave, you know, if you're, you know, maybe a month before you're due, whatever it might mm-hmm. be, again, very specific, doctor specific, yeah. um, you're going to be covered under pregnancy disability leave and the federal leave, FMLA. Those leaves are going to run at the same exact time. So you knock them both out at once. Exactly. Okay, got it. So at maximum, mm-hmm. um, and again, little specific on, you know, what your doctor thinks, whether or not you're part-time or full-time, because that would actually matter on the timing as well. 
Um, at maximum, you could be out for seven months. But combining combining the disability portion yeah. and then the baby bonding portion. Holy guacamole. And that's why some of my mommy and me friends are like, oh, I took six months off. Yeah. Yeah. But again, the, yeah, crazy. the you have to be able to afford it yeah. too. That too. Yes. That's yeah. considering. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of that is going to be really heavy on the disability portion. So, you know, your doctor, you know, perhaps you're delivering twins or maybe you've had a complication of some or you're high risk, right? So the majority of that six months for your friend probably was on the disability side. God, and there's still such a part of me that just thinks this is so crazy that you would even have to disclose some of that. And yeah. you don't, you know, though. You actually okay, don't. Okay, you don't. Okay. So, you know, when you are giving a doctor's note or when you're filling out the form, you don't need to specify the exact disability reason. You need to specify the accommodation that you need. Got it. Oh. That's major. Now, if obviously, you when you're share. pregnant, it's a little more obvious. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, you know, this such and such happened to my pregnancy, or this is what's going on with my body, and yeah. I have to be put on bed rest. You can just say, these are the accommodations I need. I can continue working, but I have to be working from home. That is correct. You do not have to share wow. a specific disability reason. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah California uh, forms don't even have a place for the condition. There's not oh, even a place. Good old California. Of course we know. Of course <laughs> Okay, so we have been on maternity leave mm-hmm. and we're ready to come back to work. Mm-hmm. I have another question, Carly. Yeah. yeah, get in there. <laughs> I know we're trying to get there. So there's someone that's doing your job while you're on maternity leave. Good one. Who is this person? How do you How do not... I cut them? <laughs> <laughs> How do you not? I mean, a lot of times you're still massaging that team and that relationship. Right? Because they've taken over and they're doing your job, but they also need support from you. Is the employer required to tell the employee that's on maternity leave where this person will be afterwards or if their job is going to shift? Like, do they have that power to say, um, your job title is going to shift when you get back? Because... To the woman that's, that's pregnant. And I don't mean taking the job away, but is there a way for them to shift your job responsibilities, your... She's she's shaking her head. No, no. I feel like this is a question that I've gotten no, a lot. No, job from protected people. means job protected. Mm-hmm. So as in you have the job and it's your job. So as long as you're within the job protected time frame, that's the job you go back to. Mm-hmm. Your wow. title, your responsibility, all of it. And if they choose to make that temporary person part of the team, that's fine. That's but fine. Your job yeah. is your job. But at no yep. discount to your it, your salary or your title oh. or anything. But Everything unfortunately, you hear this happens. Yeah, I'm certainly naive to the fact that there are some people that, you know, unfortunately bend this or whatever, but no, that it, that, mm-hmm. is not, that is not what the leave is, is set up for. Legally. Uh, legally. Yeah, because yeah. people don't know, so it's important for you to know these things so you can advocate for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, you know, there's a way to do that without, you know, coming in hot mm-hmm. to your HR mm-hmm. office or your boss's office with, you know, legalities and stuff like that. The reality is it, it's complex. It's complex, yeah. obviously, yeah. for mothers to not know it. It's complex for even HR professionals to not know it. I mean, the laws change pretty constantly. Yeah. So... Which you said, you're like, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I know what I know, but I, even I had to reference something just now as I'm speaking to you ladies because the law just changed. And, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so it's hard to stay on top of it. And so it's 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 not always because, oh, someone's trying to, you know, scoot one by you. It and could just... some of the intricacies are company dependent, you're saying. That as specific. well. There's also company specific yeah. ones. So it just have an open dialogue where you just, you know, yeah. ask the questions, but... You know, not in a way that all of a sudden you're, you're coming across as, you know, guns blazing, yeah. you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. All right. So, Brandy. Yeah. May I move on yes. to coming back to work? Uh, this is just so interesting. It's fascinating. No, you know? no, no. Because I've worked on both I, sides. I've been an employee, yeah. Yeah. you know, at, at a salaried job, very corporate environment, worked at a studio, you know, then I've been freelance like Orly or a loan out. Now I have my own company. So there's a lot of things that you just don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, it's the more, I mean, it's fascinating. The more questions, the better. Um, okay. So we're coming back to work now. What are our rights in renegotiating the way we do our job? Mm. Is there a way to say, I'd like to work from home one day a week? Do you have a responsibility similar to your employee having responsibility to you to give you back your job, to come back doing your job exactly as you left it? Yeah, so there's really no legality surrounding this. It really comes down to what the company has the ability to do and what your job is, right? So there's going to be jobs out there where certainly a portion of it can be done remotely. 
Um, and then there's gonna be jobs where that's not possible. The, yeah. the main function of your job requires you to be there in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my recommendation would be to have these conversations Again, the sooner the better. And again, for your own sort of peace of mind, you may want to start these conversations before you take the leave. Just yeah. to have an understanding of what it is you're coming back to, what the options even are. Uh, first and foremost, you'll want to discuss those you know, within your own family unit of you know, what do we need and what, what options are there. And you want to have a couple options because there isn't going to be a one-size-fits-all, um, you know, either for your situation or for the company that you're working with. Uh, so you want to have a couple of different options that are going to work, right? So in terms of, oh my gosh, once we, once I do go back to work now, the child's in daycare or I, or if it's a nanny, there's going to be, I have to leave at a certain time now or things like that. So you're going to want to have those conversations and sort of figure out options sooner rather than later and sort of broach those topics before you exit for the leave and just sort of, you know, start the conversation of what's, what's a possibility, you know, is it possible for me to shift my schedule an hour earlier to accommodate the, the pickup and the drop off. But so many things you don't know until you True. come back. True. True. And you and but you want to I, I would advocate for at least broaching the subject to even just sprinkle it out there mm-hmm. you know for you to think about for your boss and employer to think about because again that, that's going to be something they have to adjust for and it might take a few months for that to be yeah. adjusted. Um, so if you just come back, you know, first day I'm back and by the way, I'm leaving an hour early, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be a little problematic it, and it's going to put stress on you too, to be like, oh my God, that's, that's not how I used to do this job. So mm-hmm. that's a big shift, right? So I think the more that you talk about it and, and the sooner, the, the better for all parties. Wow. I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. What happened, you know, I know, and, and we've talked about this so much, Brandy, you and I, that you have no idea how you go- you are going to experience motherhood and what you're going to want when that baby comes. You could change completely. You could be exactly the same. You could, who knows? What if you took your leave and you decide you don't want to go back to work? You don't have to. There is no requirement. You're not, Nothing, you're not penalized for the leave that you took under the, under the guise that you were coming back. No. Like there's no, no retroactive anything. No. And I think the only caveat to that, and I, I don't deal with this as much, so I can't speak to it with a lot of specifics, but unless you were under some sort of contract or something, but even then, yeah. I don't even know that that would fly in California. So no, you, you are not required hmm. to come back and you could so decide, you know, with every intention, this is what I intend to do, mm-hmm. and then have that baby in your arms and go, nope, never leaving this sucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and you'd be well within your rights, you know. Wow. Uh, so yeah, and you know, and again, on the flip side, as a, a small business owner, that's a that's a reality. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. And again, I think just for all parties, the more you can communicate, mm-hmm. and you know, if you're even thinking about that, again, if you have that trust build, that that rapport, then say, hey. I, I've had some concerns. I may not come back, but I haven't decided yet. And I think in the best world, you have a relationship with your boss or with your HR representative to say, this is what I'm thinking. And they can go, okay, you know, thanks for letting me know. Here are some options. We'd love to have you back, but we get, you know, and yeah. it's just a dialogue. Like, let's all just be humans and talk it through. What if you tell them that mm-hmm. I'm having thoughts? They say, okay, well, we have to make some moves then. But then you say, no, I'm not leaving. And they're like, well, we already... No, so they, they would need to at least hold that job for the job-protected leave, you know, time mm-hmm. frame. Okay. So, you know, could they, in the you know, make some thoughts about, ooh, maybe we, you know, might need to make some moves, but they couldn't make any actual moves until that leave time was up. Got it. You know, the clock ended, and then and then that, that, that would be what happened. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Wow. So it's, interesting. I know. <laughs> So you also have to anticipate having those conversations about if childcare is covered before you leave to have your baby. Yeah, you need to start thinking about that yeah. stuff. There's going to be jobs where, yeah, a half hour earlier, no problem. Then no, I mean childcare be... through the company. Ah, uh, who well, has childcare through their company? Is that a thing? Pop Sugar did. Yeah, there really? are some companies that certainly yeah. offer. Um, oh and then like, a, yeah, I know either yeah. childcare uh-huh. on site. There's certainly bigger corporations. I feel like corporations. And then there's also, I mean, you know, the underutilized benefit of uh, a flexible spending account for dependent care. So you should wait. Look what's at, that? You yeah. can do that. So, you what is that? Your Hold FSA? on. So there are two forms of FSA. Okay. A flexible spending account. Um, you know, a lot of employers offer this as an insurance uh, add-on. Uh, 
the first probably most common is the medical FSA where you right. you know oh I spent fifty dollars on a copay I submit a receipt for a reimbursement your glasses get, exactly your prescription then there's dependent care FSA okay not as common but becoming more and more of a, a benefit that employers are offering because uh, it doesn't cost the employer anything typically to offer it and so if you pay a thousand dollars you know for daycare a month you could reimburse that a thousand dollars uh as a tax-free uh benefit and that just is wait what does that mean that's wow. reimbursement or mm-hmm. that's like a tax deduction but so what you would do um typically you'd have to put the money aside, aside. so flexible tax-free money exactly so flexible spending accounts work that you decide in a year i'm going to spend two thousand dollars on uh dependent care that could be a nanny that could be a daycare. Okay. Um, but you need backup for it. So if it is a nanny, you know, you typically need this person's social security or, mm-hmm. you know, they're 1099 or if they're a contractor of, of sorts. Um, so you would say, I'm going to set aside $2,000 in the year for dependent care. That money would come out of your paycheck on a pre-tax basis. And then you would reimburse against it. So dependent care's work that, let's say, middle of the year, I've, you know, I've shelled out $600 of that dependent care out of my paycheck, I could reimburse up to $600 for my dependent care. So it's a wonderful benefit. Mm-hmm. It ends up giving you, depending on your tax bracket, I'm estimating here, about 30% yeah. off, you know, because yeah. you're not paying the taxes on it. Yeah. You're going to spend that money on mm-hmm. childcare no matter what. Yeah. It's just a matter of whether or not you take it out pre-tax. Okay. So I'm sorry, just to make sure I'm clear, the benefit is only the tax benefit you're not literally getting reimbursed for your child's care from your company yeah no no you're getting reimbursed from your own little personal savings that you take out of your check every two weeks or right whatever. you're okay. just getting it you know you're getting a little off the top there because you're not paying taxes right on it. right right right. although some companies do offer some type of child care either okay. supplement or yeah. yes exactly a yeah. stipend or something and you know your 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 employee handbook should be your best friend look mm-hmm. at that thing people get that on day one they're like okay throw yeah. it away oh my gosh I love but that. your employee handbook has a wealth of information about this stuff mm-hmm. um so it, it will all be there so when i said earlier about kind of arming yourself with some knowledge before yeah. you go to HR, before you go to a boss, that would be one of the pieces of information you should go to. That is so interesting. Look through that handbook, figure out, you know, kind of what applies to you in terms of these things, and then say, hey, I was reading in the handbook of this. Can you tell me more about it? Right? Got it. I mean, you would be, oh my God, that's like an HR person's dream. You know, somebody coming to them with a little bit of information. She's but geeking wanting, out, guys. Totally She's geeking, geeking out. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she just did a jig. She just literally danced. <laughs> It's so funny because as I'm thinking about this, I'm looking at the bedroom door where my husband is, who's a police officer. And so for me, I feel like some of these things that I've never had, he probably has the ability to do this. Like I can't, I don't know that I could do this where I work, but like he could do this and that could go towards. Absolutely. Yeah. And most dependent cares or even flexible spending accounts for that matter are not dependent on you being on the employer's insurance. So yeah. let's say in this scenario, you have the insurance and, you know, Mike just has the FSA part of it. You could use his FSA, but keep your insurance. Right. Because it's just wow. a receipt it just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not depend. It's an IRS thing. It's not a, it's not a medical benefit insurance yeah. thing. It's an IRS thing. So, and yeah. can you use this for, for as you see fit? So like is school can, can like tuition be considered because that's like, they're being where they are during the day. Like, can I choose how I use this FSA or no, it only applies to like before they're in school, child care. No, it's dependent care. So depending on, you know, each flexible spending account vendor is different and some companies will choose to unlock certain features, but for the most part it is dependent care. So if, if you're paying for your child to be in school, yeah. yeah, that would be part of it. Wow, this is so interesting. Yeah, just my mind's like exploding right now. <laughs> I'm a geek now too. Yeah, <laughs> this is so good. Okay, I'm, I'm like I can't stop talking, so I'm gonna shut up and let you talk. For okay, a well, I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but I want to talk about the moms that are listening that haven't been in the workforce. You know, let's. I want to say six years because a lot of my girlfriends they decided to take a good yes. amount of time off until their kids are in school full time. Mm-hmm. Now they're deciding they want to go back into the workforce. Let's just talk about where do you even begin? You know, I mean, let's let's think about that. the The last time that they had a job was six years ago, so that job might not be there anymore. They might not have, you know, they have no experience for the past six years. I mean, how do you even start with creating a resume? Yeah, so I think you. 
I think you take a couple steps back and I think you start figuring out what it is that you want to do, mm-hmm. right? So to your point, that job you did may not even exist anymore. Yeah. Right. You know, technology might have taken it out or whatever, emerging market trends. So I think first and foremost, you, you really hone in on what it is that you want to do. Um, I, I actually just wrote a blog about this and really just combining the idea. People say, oh, love what you do. But people often equate love to you just like it and that you have fun doing it and it's, you're passionate. Well, yeah. there's a second piece to that. Because um, if you just like what you do, eventually that's you're going to burn out from that. So just really combining your what your passion is to what your purpose is. And that purpose can be anything. It doesn't have to be saving the world and curing cancer. It could be I love putting together, you know, itineraries for people when they travel. Maybe you should be a concierge at a hotel, yeah, you know. Yeah. So finding that out first and then figuring out, you know, what skills did you have prior to exiting the workforce and what skills did you gain as a mother oh. and as a parent mm-hmm. that would then be trans. I mean, I love that. Soft skills are super important. Yeah, let's um, talk about soft skills because you wrote a blog post about this and I had never heard that term before. Yeah, and it's emerging. It's an emerging term. And what we all kind of say now is that people hire for hard skills, right? So the tangible, you know, your training, your education. Uh, the experience, uh, but you get fired for soft skills. Soft mm. skills are the people skills and the teamwork and the ability to collaborate, the interpersonal relationships. And that's Would you thing. say fitting into the culture yes, of the company? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, soft skills are, are things that all of us have. We just maybe don't know how to, how to market them or how to finesse them, finesse them right? So, yeah. you know, once you kind of hone in on that stuff between what you're, what you're, capable of in terms of skills, hard skills, maybe what your experience is, what you went to college for. Maybe you maybe you go back to what you got that degree for that you never used initially and now you're kind of, you know, wanting to relock and unlock that. So and then when you start to craft that resume, it would be unlocking those things. It would be sort of highlighting what you did. Um, but you are gonna have to address the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, and I talk about gaps a lot on your resume because they con- they constantly happen. People more and more take sabbaticals or time off and people are worried about what that gap looks like and from a recruiter or an HR standpoint gaps to us can signal a red flag because it typically would mean that you were involuntarily let go from somewhere right, right? It, that that would usually is viewed as a negative right yeah. it's, it's some you know the the reason why you don't have a job you know after your last job mm-hmm. or right away is because you didn't choose to do that <laughs> it right. got thrown at you right so you want to address those gaps, um, and you would do that by actually listing your mommy job as a job. You would be putting mm-hmm. it on your resume, um, and there's ways oh. to do that. But otherwise, you're going to you be- need a blog post on that. I, I'm working on thinking. Well, wait a second. Yeah. yeah, all the flights you've been scheduling, the trips you've been planning, Absolutely. all these executive assistant skills. Yeah, and <laughs> as you know, a mom. you don't want to be kitschy about it, right? Yeah. You know, you got to have to market it from a professional standpoint, mm-hmm. but. You want to be able to put on your resume, this is what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to work a little harder to get some face-to-face and some you know, people, real live people on the phone, right? Because otherwise, just that resume standalone through an online application system yeah. may not be enough. You might have to, hey, I, I guess I took some time off, but I'm super excited to get back in the workforce. This is what I think I could bring to it. Mm-hmm. This is what I've been working on. Maybe you did some volunteer work, you know, most likely while you were a mom. Yeah. Well, I was uh, just going to say that before we jump into even having the honor of sitting down with someone for a job interview, how, what is the best way for a mom to network to even get that opportunity? Yeah. So, you know, networking, uh, I cringe when I heard, hear that term because yeah. it often, you often, all you picture is some like giant room with cocktail tables, yeah. awful food, and like some sort of speed de- dating situation yes. where you're like, hi, uh, I'm Elizabeth, I'm in HR, that's nice, great, and then you move on. See, and I don't think that at all, and that's what made me think of it, is when you said volunteer. Sh- yes. Because oh, yeah, there's that's- so many things that we're doing as moms when we're not in the workforce that are ways to network yes. and to meet people. And those so- are, so that's the non-traditional, and that is the way you should be networking. Okay. You should be... <laughs> Talking people up at soccer games, you could, you know, all yeah. that stuff and the connections that you have and, oh, I didn't know you were in marketing. That's so funny. I'm trying to break in, you know, and you build those relationships and really it's, it's not networking. It's just, it's making friendships Yeah, is really what it is. Um, and focusing on, you know, giving something to that person as opposed to asking for something first, right? So 
building relationships is not about, you know, going to someone first and foremost and being like, hey, mm-hmm. can I get an interview? You know, you got to build those relationships, finesse that a little bit. Soft skills. Soft skills. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So yeah. really just, you know, finding those things, but you are going to have to dress it on a resume because if chances are, if you submit a resume and it's got a six year mm-hmm. gap on it, it's yep. going to be put in the no thank you pile. Liz, how important is it for a mom to have a social media presence and not just social media traditionally like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but a LinkedIn page? Very. Yeah. Your LinkedIn page should be up to date. It should be hyperlinked on your resume so that if somebody's looking on that resume on their computer, they can click on your LinkedIn and go immediately over there to find out. Um, yeah, more and more, I would say over 80% of recruiters look at social media for the candidates that they're considering. If you are looking for a job in X field and your social media is just a source where you, uh, share photos of your family, is it, is it going to be seen as a negative in any way? Is it something you shouldn't even include? Like, cause I understand the idea that like an employer wants to get to know their person, their mm-hmm. potential hire. So like, I want to go on, I want to see their vibe. I want to see what they're up to. Um, is it a negative if there is no business, anything on there and it's just like, no, I don't think so. I think it would depend on the job that you're applying for. So if you're applying for a job where, uh, you know, it's creative or there's social, you know, yeah. and that makes sense for your page to be sort of a personal brand. If you're applying for an accounting job, right, then right. your profile should be private, and I shouldn't even I shouldn't even see it. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, so your it pro- can be private. It absolutely should be private for probably eighty percent of jobs. But if your job has a branding aspect, or the job that you're applying for has a branding aspect to it, or a, a marketing aspect to it, or a creative aspect to it, then yeah, you should probably consider either beefing up your social so that it's more professional personal branding mm-hmm. or just having a separate one entirely. Um, but I think yeah. for the most part, no, like for most candidates, your, your social media, uh, aside from LinkedIn should be private. And if I go to search you, I should get a big hand in my face that, nope, it's private. And I'm like, darn it. I can't get, yeah. <laughs> I can't get anything, you know? So I think there's no need to have a social media presence for a majority of the jobs. Got it. But if they're if it's tied to the job, then yes, you're going to want to make sure that it, it speaks to a, a, a nice blend of a professional and a personal brand. Yeah. So you talk about this on your blog about unlearning, and you kind of touched on it just now. When you're re-entering the workforce and your job might not exist um, or you're looking to get into something new, can you talk about the notion that you should be comfortable with unlearning things you already know. And you guys, she wrote a post on this. You got to read it. But can you kind of explain that idea of unlearning something? I think unlearning is the idea that, okay, I I went to school or I had a job. I learned X, Y, and Z. But now the world's changed. I've changed. People around me have changed. And now there's a new way of thinking of it. So it's, it's not adding on information, but it's literally sort of erasing information erasing the way you used to do something and relearning a new one. Would you say that's one of the biggest obstacles that people re-entering the workforce have? Oh, no doubt. I mean, so many people are like, well, I always always used to do it this way, or I'm not used to email communication. Well, get used to it. (laughs) So, yeah, I think... Stop it. You know, I, I think... Everyone sort of struggles with this kind of, well, technology's too much. We know what's, let's get back to the humans. Yes, but there's a way to weave it all together. And so yeah. unlearning would be a part of that. It would be, okay, I'm more of a people person. I want to be in direct contact and have my, the majority of my conversations in person, but email, text is a huge part of communication now. How can I unlearn what I used to think about that or what I used to do and, and put some new information on okay, I can make it personal via text. I can, right. you know, use certain Or I can words. get up to the person's desk, yes. have the quick Not meeting, the... but then confirm it. Exactly, have a recap. So just a, a new way of thinking things. Um, and especially somebody who's re-entering the workforce after a few years, unlearning would be a, a really great exercise for you to do. And, you, and, and really all facets of your life. Yeah. When So when someone is in a position where they're starting to look for some, to get back into the workforce and looking for new jobs, are there any resources, websites, places that are a great hub for finding jobs in any particular category where you can put in the interests or the qualifications or part-time, full-time, whatever, different websites that you know of where you guys list jobs or you know that 
you know, other companies list jobs? Yeah, um, more and more uh, jobs are getting posted on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Indeed is a mm-hmm. huge one. I use that when I hire like videographers yeah, and stuff like and, that. Yeah, and Indeed is a place where you can actually be what we refer to as a passive candidate. So you're not really looking, mm-hmm. but you want to mm-hmm. keep your options open because you never know, right? <laughs> so Indeed is a place where you can have your resume, you know, updated, right? So don't don't put something on there a year ago and then not check back in and update it. Yep. Uh, but Indeed can be, your resume can be on Indeed and then employers can go on and say, hey, I'm looking for a marketing manager and they can search your resume and reach out to you, actually. Got it. So Indeed is, is probably the largest. And then there's industry-specific ones. And you'll want to pay attention as you look for jobs, uh, you know, you may discount a company that you're not interested in, but if it's in the same industry and you keep seeing it popped up on a certain site, well, that means that that's where that industry goes. So mm-hmm. maybe the, the company you want isn't on there now, but it might be in the future. That's interesting. Um, people still do post on Craigslist because it, it does bring you know some volume. And you'll want to just spread it out. Uh, there's also an app and a, a website called WorkPop mm-hmm. um, that I know as an employer I love because mm-hmm. it's super easy to look through candidates um, on the app. Uh, so work pop, um, probably more for hourly positions, but some salary on there for sure as okay. well. And certainly, um, you know, more emerging startup t- companies are using things like work pop. And, Interesting. It's a good um, name. Yeah. yeah. Work pop. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's adorable. And they, they, indeed they did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, weaving it together oh with those soft H- skills. And I rubbed <laughs> off my HR jokes. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Mission accomplished. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of different resources out there. And also more and more companies are advertising their jobs on, on their social media. So ah. if you're, especially if you've honed in on a particular industry or a company that you're in or companies, go to their social media pages, go to their Facebook, go to their, their Instagram and find out if they're posting about their jobs. Yeah. And um, wouldn't and, you agree that just going back to basics, I know sometimes you have to unlearn some of the traditional things that we've learned, but going back to basics and, and figuring out, um, you know, the, the culture of that company and what they're looking for and, be making yourself desirable based on what you've seen online. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's still homework that you can do, even if it doesn't show up on your resume because you've been out of the workforce for six years. Oh, yeah. yeah. You want to align yourself with companies whose values and culture speaks to you. And you want to do your homework to make sure that's true. And then, yeah, sell yourself based on that. So, you know, if there's a company that's all about, uh, you know, green initiatives and being environmentally friendly. And that's a passion of yours and has been for the last six years when you've been out of work. And Exactly. And that's a way that absolutely. you can still and, feel and, connected. Oh, for sure. Like an entry point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. going to need those entry points because the online application did not make it easier on anyone. Yeah. Uh, you need to go back to the basics of calling people, maybe stopping by in person. Mm-hmm. There's a limit to that. You don't want to be stalkerish. Uh, but a simple phone call. And some call. corporate places, you still have to go you through to, the you, mundaneness and you still will. of, yeah. And you still will, but a phone submitting call. Submitting the resume. A phone call after submitting that a resume. Written note. Goes, and a written note goes a long Big way. Big time. Yeah, absolutely. So Liz, let's say there's a company that I'm really interested in working for. Is there a, if I call up the company, look it up, find a phone number, am I able to say, hi, I would like the email address and phone number of the HR rep? You might get it, but you probably won't. Okay. Um, and there's actually... You're teasing my next post. Oh. Uh, but yeah, oh. there, there's actually a website where you can type in. Um, so if you just get the name of the person and the company, mm-hmm. it will spit out probably the, the most probable email address for that person. Now, every now and then they get it wrong, but it's about up 80% success rate. And it's uh, like an algorithm guessing like... Yeah, it's, you know, because most... You know, initial, first initial, last right, name, yeah. company name, yeah. whatever. Oh, you know, Elizabeth <laughs> at the company, you yeah. know, dot com. So... Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it does. And so that, that's one way. Interesting. Uh, if you call, depending on how big the company is, you might get lucky and say, oh yes, you know, this, this Elizabeth email. Um, but depending on how big it is, you know, you might strike out there, but this, uh, website will allow you to kind of do that. LinkedIn is obviously a great way to do that. And you'd be surprised how many people or connections afar you are from, from that person. So there's a lot of ways. Yeah. This is so interesting. (laughs) 
I, you know what I love about you is there's so much more to cover. So this isn't going to be the first time that we're going to have yes. you on the show because there's so we've like barely scratched the surface. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah because we really when Brandy and I were talking about it, we were like we really want to focus on this from a parenting standpoint. What are the rights that parents have? What are the ways that they can leverage HR to help them, not hurt them? All of those different things. But there was a whole other side of it of the recruiting, how to find a job, what should be on your resume for people in general because we do have a lot of listeners that are not. Not just moms. We have a lot of people that are like, well, motherhood is on the horizon for me. It's something I want. So I find this so interesting and inspiring. I feel more prepared, but they're not there yet. They're not even married yet. So there is this whole secondary conversation that we're going to have, which I mean, it's like killing me to not just dive into it right now because this is so (laughs) fascinating. When you became a parent, and we haven't even talked about Olivia, so shame on us. Um, She's adorable, four years old. When you became a parent, did you feel like you had an advantage to all of this because you do work in HR and were there certain benefits you took advantage of that you were kind of like giggling that no one else even, you know, that you know was taking advantage of or using? A little, yeah. I mean, I certainly knew some of the ins and outs, but Mm -hmm. it was still, you know, I I have a wonderful environment. I have a wonderful relationship with my boss, but it was still a little scary about, ooh, I'm going to ask for this Mm -hmm. and how is he going to take it? Um, Everything went perfectly, of course, but... Yeah, even still then, knowing what I know, knowing what I was entitled to, knowing what my rights are, um, you still always have this kind of apprehension threshold of, I'm not really sure what that person's going to do, even though I'm pretty sure. Uh, But yeah, I definitely was armed with a couple of things, knowing what I was entitled to and and going back to work as well. And uh, so that helped for sure. But it it also made me just want to talk to all of the friends that were having kids at the same time to be like are you are you sure you know what you, you what you got here and have you thought about this and no oh my god no I haven't so again that's just kind of why I, I just you can't get me to stop talking about this stuff because I want to be able to share all this information yeah. I'm a, I'm a information sharer and I want people to have be armed with knowledge. That's the beautiful thing though about this and about I feel like HR culture geek and we talked about it at the top but that it's really born out of a passion and desire for you to share this information so that people are armed with what they need to be empowered in the workforce. So I think that like because it's coming from such a authentic place, it you can feel it. Like, you know, it's still it just I hope you guys all really do go you know, you have to go support her. Will you real quick share where they can find you, social and the blog and the courses, just so we make sure that we get that because there's so much more here and that's where you can find it. Yeah. So on social, I'm on Instagram at HR Culture Geek. Uh, also on Facebook and Twitter. Same and then, name. Same name. And then the website is hrculturegeek.com. Um, and right now there's a, a quick course on... Free. Yeah, free right now, yeah. The uh, insider tips on uh, resumes, kind of the, the, the secrets that you can't get from a recruiter when you, uh, when you don't get that job and you inevitably reach out to that recruiter and say, why didn't I get it? And they don't tell you anything. This is, these are those answers. So, so, so the good. moms that are listening, when you are at that point when you're creating your resume take a listen to that because she goes through things that you might not even be aware of that you should be doing to your resume. Yeah, some of them are so simple that we overlook them. Uh, I've been posting a lot on my Instagram and half the time before I hit that, you know, post button, I'm like, God, this is so basic and yet I still see it. Will you share the one right now just about the, what it should be titled? Your resume. This is so simple, but like just as a teaser of how obvious yet people don't do Mm -hmm. it. So just one right off the bat. Yeah. So I I constantly get, you know, John Smith updated resume 2014 and I'm getting it today. (laughs) And it's like, bro, certainly you've updated it. She's talking about the file name of the doc that you're attaching. And it's simple. And, you know, is it going to disqualify you? Probably not. But it's just when you're in a sea of candidates. Yeah. And we, you know. Fun fact, recruiters take like less than six seconds to look at a resume on oh the initial God. scan. Well, don't they say you take seven seconds to even make a first impression on a first date? It's the same thing, So it's right? the same thing, guys. Yeah. You're, dating. you're trying to date. The, for, yes, the yeah. very similar concept. So yeah, your resume document should be saved as a name that's that's easily searchable, that makes sense, that's relevant. Yeah. Like um, don't save it on your computer for your reference as resume because when you send it, you have it as resume. resume. It and should be first, last name, resume, what? Current date. Uh, current like date. Year. And then, you know, if if you are applying for different jobs. Yeah, or, or even the job title, Brady Malloy. Oh, exactly. TV host. Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm so excited for people because I, I, I went through her blog and, and learned so much that, you know, I didn't even think about. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's been it's been a fun journey and I just I just want to share information and so the next step kind of on that course is is actually 
unlocking, and I'm sure we could set this mm-hmm. up, you know, a little promo code or something. But yeah. Just unlocking uh, after you take the course, getting a, a resume review by me. So oh, well, I was just going to oh, say that like, individual coaching yes. is on so the horizon. That's, that's so. the next step on that <laughs> yeah. course. Um, right now it's out for everyone to have, um, but eventually it will be tied with uh, uh, a little little on one-on-one guidance on the resume. So you'll take the course, get the tips, go take your first stab at the resume, and then you get to send it to me and I'll give you all the notes um, and really personalize it. So I just on the phone with a uh, a client the other day and I said, you know, tell me a little bit more about what you're looking for because I, I need to know, you know, what kind yeah. of jobs. And, and so we had some really great conversations about what she's interested in and was able to really tailor her resume and, and give the feedback. So what an amazing resource. Next. Gosh, Elizabeth, <laughs> I don't, I have so many more words yet. I have no words all at the same time. I'm just excited because I, like I said, I have friends that are in this process right now and it can be so discouraging when you feel like you've just been like wiping butts and dropping kids <laughs> off at daycare and carpool and not feeling valued up here in your head, mm-hmm. you know, and for you to have these skills that are free at your fingertips to, you know, to finesse like the, the potential person that you can be in the workforce is, is awesome. So I hope that you guys get a lot of value from this episode and there's more to come from Liz. Yes. And if you guys like this episode, please do us a huge favor that will help us so much. Number one, subscribe to the podcast if you are not already subscribed. Review the podcast. Write a little review about this particular episode or any episode that you love and give us that five-star rating because that's exactly how the podcast starts showing up in search results. You can find us on Instagram at Show. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Elizabeth, thank you so much for doing this. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye.